Greetings, and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my friend. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be something here in this episode that you can use in your life and the life of your family and friends. Okay, are you ready? Let's get started. This is episode number 15 and is titled, First Shall Be Last, as found in Mark 10.31. Today is Monday, February 4th, 2019, and I'll read from the King James Version, Mark 10.31. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Throughout the Word of God, there are doctrines of the kingdom of heaven. This verse is one of those doctrines, a doctrine according to Webster's 1913 Dictionary, one, teaching or instruction, number two, a principle of faith, also meaning a precept, a rule to be obeyed, or a tenet, a principle, a maxim, or a dogma. Doctrine denotes whatever is recommended as a speculative truth to the belief of others. Is that all a mouthful or what? I find it sort of funny when I try to do things like a scholar or a professor. You know, these things I am not, my friend. I'm just a trucker who has preached all over the country at one time or another to other truckers, to truck stop waitresses, to dock hands, warehouse staff, forklift drivers, loaders of all kinds, even the pickers in the field and migrant helpers, even lots of prostitutes that frequent the truck stops and rest areas that trucks park in overnight. I've had my fair share. (laughs) I should probably rephrase that just a little bit. (laughs) That's not exactly what I meant. So anyways, uh, as you can see, if I talked all high-minded and and scholarly, like, you know, whoever, or whoever, or whatever, whomever, I would never have gotten to first base. But because I just talked from my heart, and from my experience of living on the road as a trucker, and I've been on the road for, well, I'm retired now. I've been retired, uh, let's see, today is February, whatever it is, what I just say, February 4th. So uh, April 23rd will be two years that I've been retired. So it's coming up in my two-year mark. How about that? But I spent 40 years of trucking. Started when I was 23 years old and uh, sold my dirt bike, sold my road bike, Sold my skis, sold my backpacking equipment, sold my, I sold, I sold everything, everything I owned, and I put the down payment on my very first truck, and uh, spent the first ten years as a owner operator, in and out, you know, not exactly consistent, but combined together it was a ten year period of being owner operator with uh, three different trucks, then went into uh, being an employee and. My last position, I was 27 years with uh, a company in Redding, California, Youngman Trucking, and uh, then retired at uh, 63. I'm now 65. So, um, but I, you know, if I would have talked that way, I wouldn't have gotten to first base because I just talked from my heart, you know, like I just said, from my experience of living on the road as a trucker. And I've been fortunate to relate to hundreds and hundreds over the years and lead hundreds, maybe thousands, to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord knows. I've seen salvations. I've seen healings. I've seen deliverances. I've seen drunks get sober. I've seen kids rejoice because they saw an angel, or they saw the Lord. 
you know, kids are amazing. So needless to say, I've been so amazingly blessed to be at the right place at the right time to tell the right people about the right God that will save and heal and deliver them from all their oppression. Man, it's been great. I love the ministry that God has placed me in. But I need to be honest. However, I complained for years and years because, you know, all the people I went to ministry training with over about a five-year period, went on to churches and ministries and full-time work serving the Lord in positions that I thought I too would be doing, but not so. You know, I just, you know, God kept me in the trucking business, in the trucking world, and that's where I ministered for 40 years in the trucking world. Also in church, because I'd take time off, and I on the weekends, on Sundays, I'd be in church and worked in four different churches. And so, you know, I've been in the traditional realm also, not just on the highways. But not so, as today's verse tells us the story of why. Of why. Wow. You know the reason why. Things seem to make more sense to you, don't they? Why? What a great three-letter words. Why? You know, you can actually ask people when they say something to you. Just ask them, why? (laughs) It catches people off guard, you know? It really does. In our verse today in Mark 10.31, It says, but many that are first shall be last, and the last first. I'd like to break this tiny verse down into five parts. You know, immediately I started chuckling to myself when I wrote this on my discourse here in front of me, because I said to myself, John, there are only 12 words in this thing, and you think you can find five parts inside this thing? Well, I suppose that if I relied on my own understanding, which I don't, I would have to agree with not being able to do it. I couldn't do it. I I just couldn't do what I'm doing right this very moment if it wasn't for the Lord in my life and being led by Him and Him giving me the power to do this because this is not easy for me at all. However, I've got great news. Amen? Yeah, I got the Holy Ghost inside me. Praise Jesus for baptizing me in the precious Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Glory to God Almighty and forever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Wow. I really got excited when I wrote that. It's it's true, though. When you get saved, get the Holy Ghost, too. You know, I went for six years after I got saved without the Holy Ghost. Six years. Six up and down and in and out and all over the landscape of being a Christian. I couldn't say no to Satan if I saved my life. I was struggling day in and day out trying to be a Christian. Being born again. But I had absolutely zero power to the enemy. I mean, yeah. I could pray to Jesus, and there was some working of the Lord in my life, and there was a lot of things that happened. I got delivered from drug addiction. You know, lots of great things happened. Got called in the ministry. But believe me, I had no power. I literally had no power to say no to the devil. And then six years later, I'll tell in another show one of these days how I got this happened, but I got, you know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and immediately when I got filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
I had the power. I had the power to say no to Satan. And if you were to chart my 45 years of being with the Lord, the first six years, it would be like a, you know, one of those graphs that the line goes way up high and then drops all the way down to the bottom and then goes up and down, up and down. That was my first six years. I was all over the map. Then you can tell there was an exact point that it stopped going down and it's been a steady, consistent rise up and up and up and up. Little highs and lows in those, you know, that upward march of this graph line, if you can imagine it. But it never did what it did the first six years because of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. That's the, that's the need we, as Christians, that's the need we have. That's the need that we need. <laughs> How can I put it? Because uh, I'm not reading it. I'm just talking from my, my heart here. We need to get the, the Holy Ghost. You know, th- there's a word that says, when you get wisdom, which is Jesus, Jesus is made unto us wisdom. When you get Jesus or get wisdom, then get understanding. I mean, the two go together, wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is Jesus. Understanding is the Holy Spirit. So if you get Jesus, get the Holy Spirit. And ne- just don't stop bugging God until you get the Holy Spirit, okay? I mean, I bugged him for six years. <laughs> It was worth the wait. <laughs> it was worth the wait. You know, I really got excited when I wrote all this out. Is when you get saved, you get the Holy Ghost too. There are so many born-again Christians who have not gotten the, whole, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? And I'll tell you why. It's because of preachers who want to control God. I'm going to say that again. I wasn't going to do that again, but I want to I really drive that home. It's because of preachers who want to control God. That's a fact. So, I'm a preacher, but I'm not controlling God. That's why I keep stopping in the middle of my podcast here, in the middle of my episode. This is why, as I was writing, I kept getting up because the Spirit of God would lead me out of the chair, and I would pace, praying in the Spirit, and crying over what I'm going to be sharing on this episode. That's how important ministry is. Because a minister is going to be last. They're not first. They're not in the front. They're not on top. They're not behind the stage. A real minister is in the back, helping those who need help. I'm in the back. You know, so um, it's because of preachers who want to control God. How sad, my beloved friends. Never attempt to control God. Make that a point in your life. I will never control God. I will always allow God to control me. Never the reverse. Okay? Make that a, make that a solemn oath to yourself. That just agree with yourself. And, and if you can't have the power, just say, Lord, give me the power to say, I will never control you, nor do I want to control you. I want you to be in control of me. Okay? You know, because he's a jealous God. And he does what he wants, when he wants, to whom he wants. For whatever reason that he chooses, he does not have to tell us anything. God is the Almighty. He's the creator of all. Amen.
so be it. Man, I get riled up when I start talking about people controlling the Holy Spirit. That is such a big deal with me. You know, this morning in my prayer time, I spent a little time going over the nine gifts of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. There's nine gifts. Okay, I'm not going to say it here. I'll let you go up and find it. It's 1 Corinthians 9. You'll see it in there. It's, there's nine of them. And I heard myself saying over and over, the gifts are not ours. The gifts are in the hand of the Spirit. And He does what He wants with His gifts. The Spirit gives His gifts to whom He wants, when He wants, and for His reasons. Anytime you see people forcing ministry onto people, you know that the Spirit is not there. The Holy Spirit is gentle and kind and not forceful. The Holy Spirit is protected by the Father and by the Son. It's an amazing thing to see. Amazing. You know, in our verse, I said that I, ha- I see five parts. So we might as well get to it, then four. <laughs> but I tell you what I'm going to do, though. Right now, as I'm talking, I'm going to have a sip of Trader Joe's green tea. And this is not a pay promotion, believe me. <laughs> Trader Joe's is not paying me to promote green tea. I'm just, I just really like it. Mmm. Man, there's just something about, it's just so smooth. I can just feel it go down my throat, my belly. Because, you know, it's, uh, what time is it? It's 8.45 in the evening here in Boulder, Colorado. Been a beautiful day today. But we got snow coming, and uh, it's an awesome place to live. Hey, and if you're ever in Boulder, look me up, okay? I mean, let's go out and have coffee. I mean, there's lots of great coffee shops here in Boulder, all right? (laughs) For real, too. I'll buy. It's on me. <laughs> All right, so in our verse, uh, Mark 10, 31, But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. So here are the five parts. Part one, but many. Part two, that are first. Part three, shall be last. Part four, and the last. Part five, first. But many, now, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through each of the five parts. i got a little paragraph for each of the five parts, okay? So I'll just kind of, because I'm looking at it, and you don't know what I'm looking at, so I have to kind of put what I'm looking at into words. This is only the 15th time. This is episode 15, so this is all brand new to me. I'm brand new to this uh, podcasting uh, show, event, uh, medium, however you want to call it, but it's a... I've been really having a great time. It's really been a lot of fun doing this. I, it just, for some reason, it allows me to, it allows me to uh, open my heart in a different way than I used to do on videos. I've done a couple hundred videos over the years, but it's this is completely different, completely different. Plus, I get a whole lot more time to talk, <laughs> and I love to talk which is now I'm having a hard time of keeping it down under 30 minutes because I think last, yesterday's talk was like 30, 31 minutes. And I go, oh my goodness, I'm getting long-winded, John. So enough of talking. Okay, but many. is talking about a lot of people standing around, looking at all the people and saying to themselves, whoa, 
There sure are a lot of people gathered here. I'm sure glad I'm first in line because, you know, I've been waiting a super long time. Okay, I know I ad-libbed a bunch, but the idea here is there are loads of people who are first because they've been around a long time. I'm one of those long-timers. I've been saved for 45 years, and by the time I go to heaven, it's going to be around 67 years <laughs> that I've been real walking with the Lord. Now, of course, this is all in God's hands, not mine. It's totally the Lord willing, okay? Next paragraph, that are first, or next part, that are first, is like, not second, but first. It's sort of like when I walk around Boulder, I see a few people who are as old as me. Yes, I know. Uh, I'm not the only 65-year-old in Boulder. But the concept is there are loads of 20-year-olds because of the University of Colorado. I mean, there are about, I think it's somewhere around 35,000 students and only about 90,000 residents here in Boulder. And you know, I'm just guessing. I didn't look it up. But at the time, but at one time, there were only 90,000 at one time when I lived here. You know, I, this is my seventh attempt to uh, live and minister here in Boulder, by the way. So uh, I'm not a quitter. I just keep on going. <laughs> things may stop me. Things may slow me down. May, things may get in my way. But, you know, I'm just a tractor. I just keep on going. I just put it in, in a lower gear and keep on trucking. Keep on trucking, my man. Next paragraph, shall be last. Is, is me accepting that I will be last. Yeah, I want to be last because if I'm last, I'll get more time to bring more people to heaven. And that is why I do all that I do. I want to see one million people in heaven because I lived. And those are quotes. I've been working towards that target since I got saved in May of 1974 it might have been in 73. I'm still not exactly sure if I was 19 or 20. It was foggy and hazy because of my deliverance out of drug addiction at that time. Vietnam was tough. I wasn't on their land, but I came close enough that I still have what the grunts call jungle rot. And those guys that are in Vietnam know what I mean. I want to be last, Lord. Next paragraph, and the last is where a lot of people who are getting saved today and tomorrow and will be brand new babes in the Lord and not sure what to do next. Then suddenly the Lord will catch them up first and let us old-timers stick around to mop up the stragglers. It's sort of like the master-at-arms biker guy when I rode with the Reno Ramblers Motorcycle Club in Reno, Nevada. My first couple times, uh, my first couple rides was in the back with the master at arms. And I asked, why? He told me he wanted to see how I rode and how I handled myself. We're talking about riding in groups of two, two abreast, and about 15 deep. Sometimes less, sometimes more. It's a pretty cool, it's pretty cool, really, to look up between the bikes as we roll down the highway. It's a, it's a, it's a cool rush, man. It really is. Shortly, I was placed up towards the front, behind the president. I love those days. Of course, those were days before I got saved. But they're still a lot of fun in my memory. Um, so the next paragraph is the word first. First is a place of protection, as I see it. 
It's not putting people in harm's way. No, it's a place of honor. It's a place to be humbled. Just imagine that you've been saved 50 years and your best friend just got saved and the Lord called us all home. And on that certain day, the rapture, your friend knows that he is first, that you are last. And that so humbles him because now he knows what you've had to endure all those decades of persecution and put down and spit upon and yelled at and threatened. Your life being on the line so many times for the sakes of others so that they would uh, receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. You know, your friend now knows and he cries for you because he knows you are in the last position and coming in just before the rain of fire upon the earth. It's a humble place to be placed first by the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love. That made me cry. Because it's going to be real. And, you know, it won't be tears of sorrow. It'll be tears of joy. It'll be tears of happiness. Because this is going to be a pretty cool day. <laughs> so now you can see how John did get out all this stuff in a tiny little verse in Mark 10.31. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. But you know, there's more in the Word of God. Oh, so much love and care and concern for each of us. It would boggle your mind. Maybe that's why so many are actually scared to become a Christian. Because they know that it's not an easy life to choose. Actually, they just don't know how easy it actually is to be saved and loving the one true God, Jesus Christ. My friend, if you don't know, if you died tonight, that you would go to heaven, just say a simple prayer of faith right now and believe. This is what I prayed so long ago, laying in my bunk aboard the USS Regal AF-58. I just said with all sincerity from my heart, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. You know, that changed my life. All too often, I feel like the, one of the th- thieves that were hanging on the cross beside Jesus. Not the thief that was belittling Jesus, but the other thief that said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus turned to that thief and said, you're going to be with me, man. When I leave here, you're going to be with me. You don't have to go to church to get saved. You can Right now, when you're walking down the walk, sidewalk, or you're running in the gym, or you're driving your car, or you're laying in bed, wherever you are, it's just a simple act of faith. Simple act of faith. That's all it is. My dearly beloved, I so pray that you pray that little faith-filled prayer with me. Because if you did, you are now a child of God. You are born again. You are a brand new person, a new creature in Christ. 
Your name has been written in the land's book of life. You are heaven-bound. No stopping you now. You're on your way to the most wonderful and glorious experience that you could imagine. And oh, so much more, so much more. And if you need any help, man, just contact me. We can pray together and you can have another friend in Jesus. And remember, Jesus is right there with you. Right now. For real, man. He really is. So God bless everyone of you for all your prayers and your love and your heart. I love you. And to close this episode, I want to say this. As it is written in the last six verses of Scripture in the New Testament, just before the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, here are the six verses. Listen closely. It's in Jude, Jude, uh, the book of Jude. So listen closely. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Good night, my dear.